If you remember earlier in the year, we did the series, Who Do You S S S Say I Am? Didn't we? Talking about God and who he is. And he spoke to the disciples and said, who do you say I am? And we did that series and it finished with, an, I just love that video of the king at the end, if you remember that climax at the end when it's the proclamation of who God is. Now today we're moving on to a new series that's going to come through June and Pastor Alan Clive asked me to introduce that series today and there'll be other people speaking through the month. Um, who do you think you are? But the fundamental thing is in Christ. Who do you think you are in Christ? Do you know who you are? That's a question for you to answer. Do you know who you are yes. in Christ? Yes. You don't sound very persuaded. <laughs> I hope by the end of the month, you, with a firm, absolute, yes, I know who I am. Oh, do you remember that rainbow video? And the, the person, there's a lady on there, she says, I know who I am in Christ. Yes. All of us should have to confess it like you know who you are in Christ. Yes. Essentially, and import, most importantly, that we know who we are. That is from, from that place, from that position, is where you're going to flow out of, where you'll do everything that God has asked of you, that God wants you to do. You can do that from your place of certainty that you know who you are in Christ. And you are absolutely persuaded of who you are in Christ. There is no doubt in you that you know who you are. And you handle yourself correctly because you know who you are. And so we're talking about who we are in Christ. And yes, we are mature Christians, many of us. We're all at different stages in our journey, but it does us no harm to hear this truth again. I think every time we need to come back and revisit these fundamental truths in the Word of God to remind ourselves of what it means to live and walk in Christ Jesus. But just to think about it first, about who you think you are in the natural, in terms of your identity. And so much of the world is shaped and fashioned around our identity and how we appear and who we are in the natural. How you look, how you behave, what country you come from. And I know for me, um, a long time ago, and I used to kind of struggle a little bit with my identity and my background and all the stuff about black history and what happened in history. Um, but, you know, that doesn't really matter too much now because I know who I am in Christ. Amen. That is more important. And yet, I am proud of who I am culturally as well. But it's quite interesting to think back. I used to think, how does that work? Because um, obviously, um, my background is from Jamaica, but before that, ancestrally, uh, part of that um, ancestry is in Africa, but I don't know. I don't know that. And it's quite even more confusing to try and work it out when my dad's surname was Patterson. That's Scottish. So that gets really confusing. <laughs> so there's no chance of working that out. But his background, although having said that, his background does stem right back to Jamaica and is rooted there, even from the natives that were there in the beginning, which I think is really cool. Um, the original natives of Jamaica. So I'm just going to ask Kiwal to come up on that subject and just come and share a little bit about who he is. Darling. Am I allowed to call you darling? From, no, just, no, just, just, um, just <laughs> <laughs> I know my place. Oh, bless you. Come on, go on. <laughs> Who am I? Yes, it's interesting. I think I've got more identities than born identities. Remember the film Born series? Had lots of passports. I don't have as many as passports. We've got plenty of stamps in there. Um, being on mission. But if you look at me, just physically looking at me, uh, I'll tell you what people have called me, um, not horrible names by the way, but just the, the impression they get when they look at me who I am. Uh, I've been called Brazilian, uh, I don't know why, but you know, some have said Brazilian. Possibly? This, this is an interesting one, Japanese. <laughs> 
But when you see my picture when I'm younger, you see my picture when I'm younger. Yeah. It does look a, a slightly Japanese, I have to say. Uh, I've been called dual heritage. I, um, I'm yeah. a mix of, mm -hmm. of one culture and another culture. Uh, from Iraq, Moroccan, Egyptian. <laughs> Poor guy. Persian, Iranian, same thing. Uh, Italian, when I was younger. Must have been a no, handsome man. <laughs> Of course. Yeah. I must have been. Um, Polynesian. You know, my sister looks very Polynesian, I have to say. But the interesting thing is my mother's name also is Power and very light-skinned. So, you know, uh, possibly uh, British uh, in my family. But essentially, uh, Power uh, from my mother's side. But most commonly, we think our roots extend to Persia on one side of our family because of my father and then Mongolian possibly on the other side, and somewhere thrown in there is Greek. Uh, I just don't understand. So there you go. <laughs> oh, I don't need that. So I'll tell you, yeah. no, sorry. No, sorry. <laughs> he didn't tell you what his real identity was then, did he? Yeah. <laughs> um, in, in, that, in that context, I won't. I won't say it either. It'll be interesting what people think. Well, most people know, anyway. Um, so isn't that interesting, though, about we could get quite embroiled in all of that? And we see that there's that program on TV, isn't there? Some of you may have seen Who Do You Think You Are? And the celebrities are trying to find out their heritage and their background um, and looking into it. In fact, some of, part of mine is, is my great-great-grandmother, Chinese. So it's very interesting who you think you might be. <laughs> okay, But more important than that is who do we think we are in Christ? Okay, because all of that aside, and a little bit of a laugh there, but that is one thing, but our lives cannot be based fundamentally just on that, can it? And some people are struggling with that, though. Realistically, in this world, some people struggle with their natural identity for various reasons. However, God does something amazing and miraculous with us when he takes us into Christ Jesus. All right? transforms those things that we may have not known about ourselves and he changes us completely. And so we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. And actually I'm going to read it from the Amplified with my glasses because it's very small. Yeah, oh it's up there as well. Uh, consequently, I'm going to read from verse 16 first actually. Consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view. So that's the cultural identity. Not just from that. No, even though we once did estimate Christ from a human viewpoint and as a man, yet now we have such knowledge of him that we know, we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. <coughs> verse 17. Therefore... If any person is engrafted in Christ, engrafted in Christ, yes. he is a new creation. Right. Look at that, a new creature altogether. The old, previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. That's us in Christ. The old spiritual and moral condition has passed away. You are all together. It says all together new. A new creature all together. You have been completely changed. Yes? Completely transformed. 
And yes, we know that verse very well. And we talk about being a new creation. But today I want to just allow ourselves to just take, take that time to dwell upon that and unpick it a little bit more and think about it. And realise afresh what it means. What it means that we have. Let's not take it for granted. But know what we are called to be as new creations in Christ. You are all together new. You are no longer the same. And therefore, even what you were as you were born is not the essence of it anymore. You're not that anymore. You are all together new. You have been fundamentally changed by the saving grace of Jesus Christ and the power of his blood. Totally, utterly, I can't emphasize it enough, totally and utterly transformed. And um, I just want to take a little time to share something simple with you. So you have to bear with me and go with it. But I believe it's just important to just use an analogy. Um, Actually, before I go there, I just want to say something else. This word creation, I just want to talk about that first before I go there. This word, you are a new creation. I was looking at that and I like to look into the word a bit, look into the scriptures a bit on that. And you know, of course, in the beginning, when God made man, Adam and Eve, he created them. And he created them in only the way that God can create. Only God can do. And the word that is used in the, in the, in the Hebrew, it means in only the way that God can. Nobody else can do that. Impossible. So God created in only the way that he could. And then when Jesus was talking in, Matthew, in Mark, in, in the Gospels, to the disciples about divorce, he said, God made it that a man and a woman, when he created them, he created them male and female and, and had them to be joined together, to become one. But that very word of created that Jesus used in the Gospels, in the Greek, is the same word that's used here in Corinthians. But the word new has been added to it. For me, that made me think, well, that, that just shows how important and significant it is. That He said created, but he's saying it's new. So even it's a totally new creation. It's the same word, meaning the same root word, but it's totally new. God, in the beginning, created us in the garden to be with him. It's man and woman to be with him. He created us to have fellowship with him in the garden. But sin came in and kind of blocked our destiny with God. But he didn't stop there. Through Exodus, he came. He said to Moses, let me make, have them make a tabernacle that I might come and dwell with them. But he came, but only to dwell with us. And then even as we heard from the prophet Ezekiel this morning, also God spoke to Ezekiel and Jeremiah about a new heart and a new spirit within. That work that God was going to do, he made us fearfully and wonderfully in his image. But the new work and the new creation had to to take place inside. It was a work inside. It's a work of the spirit. It's not your physical physique that he was changing. It was the inside. This new creation from within. And so then in John, at the beginning, when it talks about Jesus coming, in John 1.13, it talks about Jesus coming and making his dwelling amongst us. In the Amplified again, it says tabernacled. Tabernacled, made his dwelling amongst us, but still only amongst us until such time as his work on the cross would bring us to this place where we would be that new creation, totally transformed. And this creation, it says in John, is not of human decision, nor of a husband's will, but born of 
God. It's a work of the Spirit. It's a transforming work of the Spirit. But it's a real work. It's a creative work that God does in you to totally transform you into a new creation. Inside. A transforming work. You're not the same. God intended that something new would take place within man. And so if we just take a pause there and just want to just look at something. Um, when, I was, when we were at, in Kingdom Faith Church, um, we used to have a little scout hall where we, we would meet and we used to take the kids out into the foyer at the front um, and just sit with them. And one, one Sunday I was sat with the children, my children and others, and we, we were reading a story. And one of my ch- children's favourite stories was their very hungry caterpillar, which um, should come up there. I don't know if many of you know that story. And I was reading it to them, some of you know it now, reading it kids. But I was reading, so just go with me on this. <laughs> I was reading this to the children. And you know something, as I was reading that simple story, which I'll tell you a little bit about in a minute, it really hit me, the significance of new creation and what God had done, just through a simple story. And I, this morning I was praying to God, even for us now, I pray that our hearts are soft to God, so that when he chooses to speak and through whatever he wants to speak to you, you are ready to hear him. Because God can use anything he wants to, to get your attention and speak to you, even a child's story. And that's what God used for me, to speak to me. And sometimes when you're um, out and you, you, the mums are out with their kids and they're not in the meeting, and that's where I was. But God used that moment to speak something fundamental about my faith and my salvation through a child's story. And that's what I'm going to go with this morning because it's part of my testimony, what God showed me. The very hungry caterpillar. And the story goes that this little caterpillar, one Sunday morning, there's a little egg on a leaf. And then the warm sun came up. Oh, you're going to enjoy this story, aren't you? (laughs) And then pop! Out of the egg came a very tiny and very hungry caterpillar. And he started to look for some food. So... The first day came after that Monday. Well, first of all, he had a nice juicy leaf and he munched his way through a lovely leaf. Then the next day, he munched his way through lovely fruit. He's gone ahead of me. Some lovely fruit. And he kept, day after day after day, more fruit and more fruit and more fruit, right the way through to Saturday. When he got to Saturday, I think he's a bit fed up with fruit and things like that, but he ate quite a lot of it. And he got to Saturday and he thought, I'm going to try something different. So he had all sorts. He had sausages, watermelon, lollipops, pickles, all sorts, even a cupcake. (laughs) And after Saturday night, having a bit of a razzle and going through all of this stuff, he felt really, really sick. Very sick indeed. But the next day was Sunday again. And he went back to eating from a nice juicy green leaf. And he felt better. But he was no longer a little caterpillar anymore. He was a great big fat caterpillar. <laughs> Been eating too much. That's how he was. And you know that story, I got to that point with the children. And I was thinking about that part, which is to stop there with it. Big fat caterpillar. He'd, he'd eaten stuff and he'd, he'd been searching and he was very, he was born and he was very, very hungry. And he was on a journey. But this little caterpillar doesn't really know his destiny, but he knows that he's really, really hungry. So he starts looking for food, he's searching and he's munching through everything and then even the leaves that he had wasn't enough, he wasn't satisfied with that. He started looking for all this stuff and junk food and eating all sorts of things that he was never meant to eat and he felt really sick with it. And to me that took something about the journey of being born naturally and our journey to the point of salvation. Because you start looking 
And every man is searching, and every man and woman is hungry for something new. We don't know what it is. But you know your destiny isn't just here, you something, there's something inside. And because in that garden, God created you to be with him. And so in every one of us is that innate desire to be with him, but we just don't know it. The whole world is groaning in expectation. There's an adoption yet to be had for men and women out there, but they just don't know it, but they are very hungry. And they're filling themselves with all sorts, getting pretty fat on it, but never satisfied. Never satisfied. And we're here in this place where we've been on this journey and we all have a testimony of going on this journey and getting very fat on things and getting to a point where, breaking point really, where we really cry out to God because it's not satisfying, but we're full on it. Yeah? Can you identify with that? Yes, we know from our past. But there comes a moment when you, as it says in Ephesians 1.13, it says, but there comes a time when you hear the word of truth. And in that moment, the moment you hear that word of truth, you are included. It says that in Ephesians 1.13. And you're included in the moment that you hear the word of truth. God marks you with a seal, his promised Holy Spirit. You're on your way to walking into this new creation the moment you do that. And the fascinating thing for me that I saw with this was that this little caterpillar is eating, eating, doesn't really know Man doesn't really know what he's looking for. He knows there's something at this point. This little caterpillar is destined for something better, isn't it? It's something better. You've done enough science to know that, haven't you? (laughs) Okay. You know he's destined for something better. And he goes through a process of change. He goes through a process of change. And we have to go through a process of change, of surrender. This caterpillar now has to surrender and trust itself to the next stage of its process and development. It has to entrust itself. And we, in order to come through to a place, we have to entrust ourselves to God. We have to hopefully surrender ourselves into a place where we surrender and give ourselves completely to him so he can transform us into this new creation. You have to completely hand over everything. This caterpillar has to completely surrender itself to this work that happens, what is going on, and he's getting wrapped up and wrapped up and wrapped up. He ends up in this chrysalis or cocoon. And he stays in there for a little bit. But he has to to entrust himself to nature to let that happen. But you know what? There are so many beautiful um, marks in nature that speak of God and what he is, the saving grace of God. If only you just open your eyes to see the beauty of nature and the hallmark of God in nature that speaks to you of your salvation and the power of our creator God. It's all, let's open our eyes to it. He can speak through so many things. And this is how God spoke to me. And I I use this with the children because it just was so profound, but simple for them to understand how God changes us and transforms us by his work. This new creation. So I looked at this. Who knows what the process is called, by the way? Oh, well done. (laughs) Metamorphosis. Oh, look. Did you put it up before they said it? (laughs) No. Metamorphosis. But look at the definition of this. This is in nature. And this is the definition that's been attributed to metamorphosis. A change of the form or nature of a thing or person into a completely different one. Change of the form or nature of a thing or person into a completely different one. A marked and more or less abrupt developmental change. And even that second sort of uh, definition, at the end of that, it says subsequent to birth on it. 
And yet, that is in the knowledge of what God does with us. It's subsequent to our birth. After that, we undergo some sort of change, but it's a total transformation of our nature. From the sinful nature to a new nature in Christ. A total transformation. And that's just in nature that change takes place. How much more, but the same creator God, how much more then is it possible for God to do that transforming work in you from the inside out? It's a step of faith, but he has done it. You're sitting here today, you are not the same person that you were born as. But it's God wanting us to remind ourselves that you have been changed. But you have been changed from the inside out. Do you know that? Do you really understand that? That he is totally transformed. Don't anybody tell you that you're the same. Don't try to go back to what you once were. You have been changed. You have been transformed. Amen. And it's an, it's an act of God that has done it. A miraculous act of God. Just go with me to Galatians chapter 2. Um, verse 20 I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me the life I live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me I have been crucified I have changed, I have died I no longer live once that caterpillar goes through that change, it will not be, no longer exist. In the same way, you have been changed. The old you has gone, totally gone. And that word, um, I'm rushing ahead of myself, I want to just pick, pick up on that creation word again in, in the New Testament. In the Greek, that word in 2 Corinthians, you are a new creation. I can't even pronounce it. It's spelled K-T-I-S-I-S, katisis, or something like that. All right, that's the same word that Jesus used when he was talking to them about divorce he talks about God creating he used the same word but it's a new creation and the definition of that Greek word in the New Testament about a new creation it says an act of creating a creative act of God whereby man is introduced to salvation that's what that word means when it says a new creation a creative act of God whereby man is introduced to salvation so when it's talking about that new creation, that is what's happening. But it's profound and it's deep and it's real. It is not just you taking a step of faith. You have been changed. Your spirit is transformed. No wonder you can't be, or try to, try to be what you once were, because you have been transformed. Totally. You are a new creation. It is a creative transformation that happens on the inside. No wonder God kept speaking it through the prophets and saying to Ezekiel and Jeremiah that there will be a new heart in you, a new spirit in you, and I will move you. Let's turn to that, to um, uh, Ezekiel 36. Ooh, I'll find it. Look at this, Ezekiel 36. And he was, when he was speaking to the nation of Israel, and remember, this is for us because we have been grafted in, as it said in the Amplified. Grafted in. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. Identity. I will sprinkle clean water on you 
and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. Ezekiel 36, verse 25. Verse 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. You will live in the land. You will live in the land. You will live in the kingdom. I will move you to follow my decrees. The spirit of God in you moves you now. You're operating on a different level. You're operating in a different system. You're operating in a different way. No longer on the principles that you used to operate because you are new. Can't say enough. How else could the Holy Spirit indwell in you except that you have been changed? Because in the beginning, in the garden, God was with them and he removed himself because of the sin. And the only way he could come back was to put a barrier and be with them, but in the tabernacle, right in in the Holy of Holies. And until Jesus came, there was no opportunity for God to come and dwell in man, except something had to be changed. So how else, except that you are totally new and transformed within, the Holy Spirit could not come and dwell in you. Because the Holy Spirit cannot dwell where there is sin. And so there has to be a totally new transformation. You know this all, don't you? But you're hearing it again because I believe God wants us to hear it again. Remind us of it. Okay? There had to be a totally new transformation in you. That is the only way the Holy Spirit of God can abide in you. He's not going to come and dwell with any sin. God did that work through the power of the blood of Jesus. And when you accepted and heard that word of truth and believed it and appropriated it and held on to it and adhered to it and said, yes, I believe and I'm choosing to walk this way now. And I am surrendering everything to you, God. That saving grace transformed your spirit from within. From within. So let's go back to the Galatians scripture that I read that said, I died. I died. The old you died. It no longer lives. Your testimony is now that I live by faith in the Son of God. The old flesh is gone. It does not have access to God. It cannot and it will not. It does not have no access to God at all. Because it was destined to die. Because of sin. It was inherently sinful. And so it couldn't have access. And inherently selfish like that caterpillar. Just me, 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 me. Feed, 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 feed. All about me, all about me, all about me. That's the old life. Very self-focused. All about yourself. What I want. What I want. It's about me. That's the old. That is not the way we live in the new. You are transformed. And this process that changes us and transforms us by the the, the work of Jesus Christ was totally new. Even with that little caterpillar going through that process, that change, that changes its nature and changes it into this beautiful creature. Yeah? At the end. That's a process. But can that butterfly return to being a caterpillar? No, it can't. Do you think that caterpillar would, uh, the butterfly would want to go back to being a caterpillar? No. Do you want to go back to where you used to live? No. Colossians 3.
verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So you've got to live differently. You're a new creation. So you should be living differently. We should be living differently. Our, we've been told, we're told here that our minds now should be set on things above, not on earthly things. Easy though, isn't it sometimes to take our minds off those things and start thinking earthly again? And no wonder we struggle because we're a new creation. And so those things, that, that jars against our spirit now because we're a new person and trying to think in the way that we used to think doesn't work anymore. There's a big struggle then rather than thinking in the way that God created us now to be. Setting our minds on things above, because that's where we are. We are called to live as a new creation. The caterpillar could just crawl along the leaf and munch around it. Don't know how it found all that food, but anyway, maybe somebody's picnic, right? Crawling on a little leaf, but a butterfly, it's got wings. It can go places, it can do great things can see the world it's got a bigger picture it can see the world from a totally different perspective that's kingdom life you now see the world from a totally different perspective you've got a better view of the world amen you're, you, you talked about you flying as wings as an eagle that's the new creation you're seeing things from a totally different way you are transformed completely but from the inside out somebody might say to you well you don't look any different all right but you but but you know the change has happened on the inside and yet it does show on our faces we do radiate it does it does transform you from the inside out but it does make a difference to how we appear doesn't it yeah we've got a different picture different perspective on life we see things differently just back into colossians 2 same uh, verse 20 this is the challenge then since you died with christ to the basic principles of this world why, as though you still belong to it, do not taste, do not touch. These are all, these are things that are all destined to perish with use because they're based on human commands and teachings. Why, as though you still belong to it? You're a new creation. Why do we sometimes behave as if we still belong to it? We died. Totally. So you're a new creation. I guarantee that that butterfly even, even has a different diet. It has a different lifestyle now from a caterpillar. It's a different diet. Yeah, eating cupcakes. <laughs> it's going to be feeding in the flower, the butterfly does. It goes into the flower and gets the sweetest nectar that you can find, doesn't it? Because it's been given a new piece of, a new instrument to probe into the flower, okay? You are feeding on the sweetest thing that you can find now. Amen. You've got the sweetest, the best diet you could ever have as a new creation. And that is the only thing you're supposed to feed on. That's your diet. That's your new lifestyle. That's what we're called to feed on. We shouldn't keep hankering after the old and the way things used to be. Or what I had or how it was or, or anything like that. Or trying to look at Mr. X down the road who's... It seems to be doing very well and I'm not or whatever. Not to look at the world and how they're doing. Set your mind on things above. Amen. 
different, you can't work it out by looking at somebody else who, in your workplace or in your, wherever we are, we can't work it out like that because that's not how we're made to be now. We operate differently, we think differently. So you're not going to get the right answers, the same answers, it's just going to confuse you in some ways because you're on a different system. You're kingdom now and we have to think kingdom. We have to live kingdom. That's the only thing that works with your new creation. Nothing else will work like that. You're in a, you've got a different diet and a different lifestyle. Totally. And so, in Christ, who are you in Christ? You are a new creation in Christ. You have been transformed from the inside out. You are called now to live your life on different principles. We are called, me included. We are called to live our lives on different principles. You cannot operate on world principles anymore. It doesn't work, it doesn't fit. Just look at um, Colossians 2 again. Uh, where is it? Uh, okay, verse 6. So then, just as you received Christ, Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than in Christ. Nobody to take us captive to those principles that are based on this world. We are living life on different principles and sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that because we can get drawn into things and you think, nope. I live my life on different principles now. I choose to live my life on different principles now. I'm operating at a different level. I am a new creation. And sometimes some of us need to tell ourselves that, remind ourselves, you are a new creation. Don't let the enemy try and tell you that you're not. You are. And sometimes we slip back, but pull yourself, get yourself back in here. Stand up again, focus. I am a new creation. Remind yourself, look at yourself in the mirror. I am a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. I have been transformed from the inside out. I am living differently. This life that we live now is acceptable to God because of what Jesus has done. You have been made acceptable. Somebody needs to hear that. You have been made acceptable to God. Because of, not because of anything about you, but because of what Jesus did. On the, you are acceptable to God. He has a place for you in his kingdom. He has something for you to do. You are living your life on different principles. And some of us need to hear that to make that choice. 100% to live our life on kingdom principles. All the time. We can stand in his presence. Because we're a new creation. In Christ, we can live in, we're living in him now. He has made us, it says a little bit further down in that verse, it's in that chapter, that we have been made alive. God made you alive with Christ when he forgave all our sins. Made you alive with Christ. You are not the same person. You have been born of God. Amen? Amen. God has made you into a new creation. You are ready to fly. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And we go from maturity to maturity as we walk with him, staying with him. But fly as a new creation. Be everything that God has called you to be. Walk and live on the kingdom principles. Operate in the kingdom. 
Remind yourself daily, I am on, operating on different principles now because the transformation has, gone from the, has happened to me from the inside, from the inside out. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's just stand, please. As I said at the beginning, it's not that you don't know that you're a new creation, but I trust that God has reminded you of what it means and what he has done in each one of us. If you could just bow our heads, please, because maybe you're here, I don't know if you're here for the first time or you're in a place where you, right now, you haven't actually taken that step and entrusted yourself to God completely so that he can do that transforming work in you and transform you. You haven't surrendered yourself. So in a place where you are now saying, God, I'm giving my life completely over to you. I thank you for the power of the cross. I thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Lord God, that now I am a new creation as I give my life to you 100%. Maybe you've never done that before. If that's you this morning and you need to surrender yourself and come through and allow God to do that creative act of bringing you through to salvation. We died and no longer do we behave or live as if we belonged to what once was. We are new. And just before the Lord now, I just want you to just commit that yourself to God afresh today. That you have died, you are a new creation, you are totally His. And that today, Lord, I'm living for you on kingdom principles, 100%. Thank Him for what He has done for you. Thank Him for what He's done for you. You are in Christ. We are in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that I'm now living my life on different principles. Thank you, Lord, that I am acceptable to you. Thank you, Father, for what you did in me was a true work. It was a creative work. It did transform me from the inside out. I am not the same. I have been born again. I have been born again. That's what Nicodemus was saying. How is it possible for a woman to go back, a person to go back into their mother's womb? But what God was saying, it's born of the Spirit. It's born of God. I am a new creation. I've been born of the Spirit. And Lord, I choose to live in you and live afresh in you.